Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. In the Old Testament, the prediction that the Messiah would come was everywhere. There would be a Messiah, and he would come for the sins of the world. If you looked forward to the cross in faith, you believed that it would happen, then you were saved by faith. So every Old Testament saint that believed Jesus would come, they never got to see it, but if they believed it, they were saved by faith. In today's message, Pastor Mark answers a question that many people have wondered about for years. If it's through faith in Christ that we're saved, how were people in the Old Testament saved? Throughout the Old Testament, God has given prophecies and Old Testament pictures of His provision for sin through the Messiah who was to come. He explains that people in the Old Testament were saved by faith in the coming Messiah. They were saved by faith just as we were. They were saved by faith in what Christ would do in the future, while we are saved by faith in what Christ has done in the past. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, Encouragement on the Mountaintop. The man named Job, oldest book in the Bible, he made this statement. It has great relevance to you. If a man dies, will he live again? Simple question. Very profound. Why? Because all of us are going to die. So in other words, when I get to this place... And here I am as a teenager, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, wherever. When I get to that place, then what? What happens when a man or a woman dies? What happens? What's next? What's there? Well, do you know that man has come up with lots of ideas? Let me give you three or four of them this morning. We have a group of people who, in their wisdom, in our world, to answer that question, say this. When a person dies, there's, well, there's simply, that's it. You bought the farm. The fat lady can sing. It's over. You go into the ground. You turn back to dust. It's the end. That's one belief. Other people, like the Seventh-day Adventists, some others, will teach you. Well, when you die, there's something called soul sleep. In other words, soul sleep denies man's consciousness when he dies and that really between his death and when the resurrection occurs many many hundreds of years later or thousands that this man just well there's no consciousness in the man until the resurrection 
Then because of the Eastern influence in our world, there's a lot of people that you would meet, maybe even in this room today, that say, well, Pastor Mark, when you die, I believe in reincarnation, new age. We keep coming back again and again and again until we kind of get it right, until we obtain uh, perfection, nirvana. We just keep coming back. Well, let me give you truth number four and then I'll explain it to you. Truth number four. Atheism, reincarnation, and soul sleep are false teachings. Remember, correct living is rooted in correct belief. You say, well, where do you get that? How, how can you say that? From the verse you just read. One verse so crystal clear, answers those three false beliefs. Let's go through them. First person says, well, when you die, it's over with, that's the end of it, There's, you fail to exist. All right. Moses and Elijah, did they fail to exist? Okay, Moses died 1,400 years ago and Elijah, 900. Are they still alive? Are they existing? Yeah, in fact, they're what? They're talking to Jesus. So if you believe that's the end of life, you're wrong. We do exist after we die. Second, soul sleep. Maybe you come from the seven day Adventists. Well, Pastor Mark, when you die, you're not conscious until the resurrection. Well, does the verse we just read disprove that? A hundred percent. Why? Because they're what? They're talking. When's the last time you talked and you were not conscious? You talked. All right. Here's the third one. Isn't it powerful? A little bit of truth destroys everything. All right. Pastor Mike, I believe you keep coming back until you get it right. Reincarnation. By the way, how many times would you think I'd have to come back to get it right? <laughs> so you come back as a different person. So notice in this, Moses didn't come back as a cow, and Elijah wasn't a bug. <laughs> they were what? The same people they were before they died. They were people. So it destroys all three of those. Is that important? It's incredibly important. One little verse. One little verse. That brings up truth number five. Every person will live forever after death in either heaven or hell. People are not reincarnated. People don't cease to exist after death. And when we die, we don't go into some unconscious deal. We will either go to heaven, absent from the body, present with the Lord, or to hell. Now, here's the question. That was powerful. Let's have a little fun with this next part. How did the disciples know Moses was Moses and Elijah was Elijah? Did they have like big name tags? I'm Moses, Ten Commandments. I know the answer to both of them. You see, in the Old Testament, you don't know this, but the game of baseball was invented in Elijah's time. And it goes back, he's the only prophet that was a baseball fan. The disciples knew this. He was actually the Detroit Tiger baseball fan. And when they saw a guy with his hat, they went, Elijah! I knew it always was Elijah. Do you believe that? Well, I do know how Moses was identified. You know how? You know how they knew it was Moses? Take a look. They saw the movie. 
That's exactly right. Charlton Eston, they, they knew exactly who he was. Now, let's be serious. By the way, can Christians have fun? Sure. We're having fun right now, by the way, in a Bible study. How did they know? We don't know. We don't really know. We don't know how they knew Moses was Moses and Elijah was Elijah. But that leads us to one of the most precious truths of today's teaching. Number six, we will recognize one another in heaven. Is that special to you? Notice, the disciples had never met Moses or Elijah, yet they recognized who he was. After Jesus is resurrected, the disciples recognize him. When we get to heaven, we will recognize and know one another. We will see the great saints of the Bible, and we'll know them as well. Obviously, we're going to see Jesus, first person we want to see, because Well, that's how we got to heaven. How many of you have a mom or a dad or a baby or an uncle or an aunt or grandparent or somebody in heaven that you can't wait to see? Isn't that wonderful? Does that bring you hope? Sure it does. I want to see my funky brother in heaven again. I'm going to do that. And what a privilege it is for me at a funeral in that sadness to say to people who are believers... You will see her again, guaranteed. So that reminds me, when I get tied up with stuff and cars and homes and money and all kind of good stuff that we have here, when I get all tied up with that down here, it's good to climb in the Bible. In the Bible, we see one perspective. One thing outlasts the rest of it, people. You see, the only thing matters is people. It's the only thing that goes to heaven. Elijah didn't have his fiery chariot with him. Moses didn't have the Ten Commandments in the stone with him. Look what I brought. They were just people. When you get to heaven, you're going to leave it all here. If your perspective is on stuff here, you need to change your altitude so that your attitude gets changed. It's only about people. The rest of it, It's good, it's fun, it's okay. It's not the priority. It's always a personal relationship with God and with people. By the way, there's going to be no identity theft in heaven. (laughs) Hi, I'm Pastor Mark, and I want to talk to you today about my card that got stolen in the mail. (laughs) No, there's none of that. None of that. It says that Elijah and Moses and Jesus were talking. It'd be nice to listen in to hear what they're talking about, wouldn't it? Well, we know what they were talking about. Look at here. Luke tells us. It says this. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. What were they talking about? Well, Moses represented the Old Testament, the law. Elijah represented the prophets of the Old Testament. Jesus would say as he came to this earth, I came to fulfill the law and the prophets. I came to just complete it. So they were talking about that which Jesus was going to do. Well, how would he complete it? He would complete their prophecies and the fulfillment by going to the cross. See, 
God was showing that Jesus, with these three, that Jesus was superior to the law and the prophets. Now, I believe that Moses and Elijah were here to do that, but I believe they were here for one other reason. I believe that not only were the disciples on the mountain to get encouraged when they see, wow, there is a real world, there is a heaven, we are going to live somewhere forever. Wow, that, that puts a whole different perspective than down here. And they were encouraged. That's why Jesus took them on the mountain. I hope you're getting encouraged this morning as you listen to God's word. But I believe Moses and Elijah were there to encourage Jesus. He said, Jesus is God. He doesn't need encouragement. No, he was fully man. He was going to the cross. He needed encouragement. In fact, the night before he died, remember, he said, God, how about another way? And I believe Moses and Elijah encouraged him. You're doing the right thing. You're being perfectly obedient. Follow God's path. Now, Pastor Mark, here's Elijah, here's Moses, and here's Jesus. But Jesus didn't go to the cross yet. So how did Elijah and Moses get to heaven? You have to get saved to go to heaven. What do you do with these Old Testament people? I'll make it very clear for you. Right here, we're going to take everybody in the Old Testament before the cross. I'm before the cross. In the Old Testament, the prediction that the Messiah would come was everywhere. There would be a Messiah, and he would come for the sins of the world. If you looked forward to the cross in faith, you believed that it would happen, then you were saved by faith. So every Old Testament saint that believed Jesus would come, they never got to see it, but if they believed it, they were saved by faith. Moses and Elijah believed they were saved by faith. Well, how about us today then? All right, here we are. The day after the cross, how do people believe? Well, they look back to the cross because the cross happened 2,000 years ago. So how am I saved today? The very same way the Old Testament people were saved. I'm saved by faith. Let me ask you, you say, well, wait a minute. The Old Testament people were saved by knowing and believing, believing that Jesus would go to the cross, but they never saw it, correct? Well, that's right. They believed it, and they were saved. Well, Pastor Mike, that doesn't seem right. Well, let me ask you, were you at the crucifixion? No. So how are you saved? By believing it, what? It happened. So a New Testament person looks back at the cross. That's why we celebrate Easter. We look back what happened 2,000 years ago. All the Old Testament people from Abraham, actually from Adam and on, look forward to the day when the cross would come. It's all by faith. You can't do it by works. So all the good stuff Moses did, all the good stuff Elijah did, all the good stuff that you and I do doesn't do a bit of good. We are saved by faith through grace. Same way. Now... He begins to open his mouth. That's not unusual. Look at verse 4. He said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Remember, Peter doesn't get it. He's kind of putting Moses and Elijah and Jesus on the same level. No, no, no. Jesus is the son of God. You'll see in a moment that God will clarify that. But what Peter's really saying is this. Remember, they're on a mountaintop. All the problems in the valley are gone. They're just like you and I. And Pete says, I like it here. 
There's no hassles. It's okay. Let's just chill out. This is where life is to be lived. Now, don't laugh at Pete. Would you rather live on the mountain or the valley? Pastor Mark, I'd rather live in the valley. No, we'd want to be on the mountaintop. So Pete makes his bold statement. He says, it's cool here. Let's just stay here. And he's rambling, and I'm sure with his words and whatever. We don't have to go down. We don't have to think about the cross. We can just stand up here. The kingdom of God come. This is great. In the middle of his talking, God interrupts him. Look at verse 5. While I was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. Listen to him. What was that cloud? If you ever been to San Francisco, I've been there many times, and you stand out and look at the San Francisco Bridge. It's nice and clear. You know in five minutes, the fog can come in, and you can't see two feet in front of your face. This is what happened. The Shekinah glory of God, which is represented by a cloud, It's the goodness of God or the presence of God. Oh, it brought back memories for the Jews. In the Old Testament, when the children of Israel being led for 40 years, they were led by fire, by night, and cloud. It was the glory of God, the awesomeness of God. When Moses is on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments, God's Shekinah glory just covered the mountain. Many times in the Old Testament, in the church service, it says God's presence came and covered the mountain. The sanctuary. Well, this is exactly what happened here. Turn with me to 2 Peter. Keep your finger right here. But turn to 2 Peter. It's almost the end of the Bible. 2 Peter chapter 1. You're going to see that Peter can't get this off his mind. This made such an incredible impression on him that he had to write about it. He absolutely had to go, this is incredible. Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1. Verse 16, so as they're sitting there under this cloud, they hear God speak these incredible words. It gives them another perspective. Verse 16, chapter 1, we did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in other words, Peter's saying, what I'm about to tell you, oh, it happened. This is not like we weren't up there smoking weed on the cloud and had this like weird thing take place. He says, this happened. He said, but we were, notice, eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory. Same word, same environment, saying, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Verse 18 is the key. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. You see, God wants to give us revelation. Real things that are in the supernatural world that, well, sometimes we just can't explain to people who don't believe in the supernatural. Peter says, oh, it was real. It was absolutely incredible. And that voice, remember that voice said, this is my son. I'm well pleased. That gives us truth number seven. Truth number seven. Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is the son of God. You say, well, 
Is that like important? Well, it's very important. Because God said, he's my son, my only son. I love him. That had to really encourage Peter. Let me explain to you why. Let me have your attention. A few days before, Peter down in the valley, Jesus said to Pete, who do people say I am? And Pete says, you're the son of God. Jesus said, you're right. Now, Peter said that with no proof. No proof. Just a revelation from God. He'd never seen this translation. He'd never seen any of this. He just said it. No proof. By faith. What does God do on the mountain to his faith? He puts substance to it. Peter had taken this bold statement. He says, you're the son of God. I don't have any proof of it, but I believe it. On the mountain, he gets the proof. Is that like good from God or what? It's incredible because it, it cements the step of faith he had. Now, we have to live by faith. Sometimes we'll never get the proof till we get to heaven. The just shall live by faith. I have to believe things that I can't prove to you. I cannot prove to you today that the minute you die, your body either goes to heaven or hell. I can't prove it to you. I can prove it to you by the word, but I can't prove it to you by person or by a personal experience. I just believe the word of God. But I have plenty of proof to do it. By the way, you can't prove to me that it doesn't happen. So I have to go by faith. Well, how do we do faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why you're here today. The more you hear the word of God, the more faith you have. Now, we're in this adventure. We're in this adventure of giving to God 10% of our tithes. See, if you don't learn that all money is God's, and we just owe him 10% and then generously give others. If you never learn that, it affects you, it affects the church, it affects missions in the world. Once you understand that, you say, well, prove it to me. No, just take a step of faith. Malachi says, you give and I'll open the windows of heaven. Well, I want to see him open the windows of heaven before I give. It doesn't work that way. That's why it's a step of faith. Let me read you an email I got. It won't always work like this. But God knows how to honor it. Here's an email I got this week. Here's the email. Here's what it says. Pastor Mark, uh, this young lady, I won't mention her name, after hearing the sermon on tithing, she did, even though she wasn't able to pay her bills. She tithed off the top anyway. The next day, she got a check in the mail out of the blue for over $1,000. Now, I know what some of you are saying already. Okay, your wife wrote the email to you. You just... <laughs> trying to twist it for us here and manipulate us. Hey, I'm going to stand before God. I never manipulated anybody knowing if I have, I have apologized to them. I'm just trying to say to you, if you test God, he'll prove himself. There are valuable lessons to learn on the mountaintop. As Peter, James, and John followed Jesus up to the Mount of Transfiguration, what lessons they were about to learn In today's message, Pastor Mark shared with us some of those lessons that are so important to us as well. He shared how their seeing Moses and Elijah defeats many false teachings in the world. And what they saw showed that Jesus Christ is truly the Son of God. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. As Peter, James, and John were on the mountaintop with Jesus, they saw in one moment Moses and Elijah with him. In the next moment, they were gone and it was just Jesus standing there. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark shares how this event showed that everything centers around Jesus. Life is all about Jesus and you. He also shares that we all are commanded to hear and obey God's word. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Here